Don't let the noise bury the lead. I'm your host, Tom Frank. Join me on Into Focus as K-Global brings you one smart take on a major communication story from the week that was. We read between the lines so you don't have to and unpack the strategy or lack thereof behind the news. Take three. This Bud's for who? It's a Thursday, so that can only mean one thing. Kid Rock is mad yet again. This time, the kid's anger is directed at Bud Light. The tantrums trigger. Bud Light gifting trans content creator Dylan Mulvaney a personalized can to commemorate the one-year anniversary of her viral social media series, Day of Girlhood. After Mulvaney shared news of the gift on her channels in an April 2nd video, some angry consumers and influencers posted dramatic social media updates pouring out cans of Bud Light or vowing to boycott the brand entirely. Supporters at GOP events are publicly refusing to drink the beer, and there have been some fights between people socializing at bars. But to us, what's notable about this story is not the naysayer's reaction. It's Bud Light's keep calm and carry on response. Joining me today to have a conversation around brands taking public stances are two of my colleagues at K-Global. Shannon Powers is our chief strategy officer and spends a lot of time thinking about this very topic with many of our clients. I might also add she, along with Amy Rogers, are the genius writers behind this very show. We are also joined by our senior communications specialist, Dan Renee, who brings more than two decades of trusted communication experience in media relations and crisis communications. His background includes political campaign management, crisis communications, legislative advocacy, grassroots initiatives, and corporate communications. Shannon and Dan, welcome to Into Focus. Thanks, Tom. Thanks so much. So Shannon, let's start with breaking down the why behind Bud Light's motivation behind the commemorative can in the first place. Why did they do it? I think this was a strategic move on their part. Sales have been declining for a long time, and their VP of marketing has explicitly said that she sees herself as having a mandate to refashion itself as a more elevated brand. And in these times, that means inclusivity. So how better to show your inclusivity than to commemorate a transgender's um, TikTok series with a can with her face on it? This is an interesting debate as a marketing and communications advisor, right? Should brands take a stand on societal issues, especially if it's not part of kind of their original DNA? Do I really care who Bud Light gives a can to? Am I really at the edge of my seat waiting for brand XYZ to respond to gun violence? The three of us have been in positions to consult and craft these messages. And let's be honest, we're putting something out that we hope their customer base will appreciate, but it's not always what the org might stand for. Dan, did Bud Light make a mistake here? Are they alienating their customer base? I thought I read somewhere that Anheuser-Busch lost $5 billion in markets cap since this campaign started running, which is kind of insane to me. Or would you advocate that they may have found a way to begin to have that shift from what is historically a fratty kind of out of touch humor to something more inclusive, especially in the light of its overall declining sales in recent years? Well, with the the market share that that Bud Light enjoys, uh, they're still very much at, at the top of their game, despite the declines that people are talking about. For a brand, though, expanding to gain new customers is a core responsibility. But doing so at the cost of existing customers, I think, is is a major mistake. Uh, In terms of uh, engaging with new customers, I mean, yeah, that's a core responsibility. But in doing so, you have to make sure that you're shoring up the people that are actually out there consuming your product already. Yeah, there's no doubt that Bud Light was a brand in decline. But is that because 
of the people of their that were embracing their image or not. I think it has a testament more toward the economy and the expense that it that it takes to uh, to to you know the cost of of things that are as prices go up. So inflation is a factor and that sort of thing too. By embracing another market segment, I think you're going to have similar challenges out there, but they need to work to shore up their existing market share too. So is this all being forced on us though, in some ways by Gen Z and who are likely to consider a business's value and impact when making buy decisions? Think about this for a minute. Non-Gen Z's motivations were less complex with more emphasis on keeping up with others and with current trends. Gen Z is driven by content consumption that seeks to align with their values, lifts their spirits, and speaks to their individual uniqueness. Brands have to address that on some level, right, Shannon? I think you're totally right. You know, once upon a time, a consumer purchase was a bilateral transaction. What does the brand offer me, the consumer, when I buy its product or service? But I think consumers today are widening the aperture and they're looking at what is the brand's impact on the wider community when I make that decision. And I think, you know, in this case, I actually think all this controversy is doing the branding work for Bud Light. I think sales were down among this group. And they saw the future, which includes Gen Z, who is now of age to drink for the most part. And they said, we need to show, not just tell, that we are the drink of choice for them. And the more that the group that's different reacts negatively, the more the Gen Z inclusive group says, hey, maybe they are the drink for me. So you think this in some ways, this is about like a lot of brands are facing their customer base is in some ways aging out. And they have to figure out how to reinvent themselves. Absolutely. I think this is, I think brand values today are a core part of a brand experience. And they can no longer be ignored because the consumer is demanding to know what they are. But they need to be authentic though, right? I mean, my biggest problem and trick with this, and Dan, I want to hear your response to this, is that in some ways, brands are kind of making up these values and they're not necessarily authentic to who they are. And that can be kind of a tough path for a lot of brands, right? I mean, they have to, to kind of ride this line of, of being authentic, but then also having to respond to a new generation that is looking for that, those values. Right. And, and, and I think that's illustrative of the point that Shannon just made in terms of the engagement by the critics, the boycotts, the, the negative reactions that are out there, you know, shoring up that responsibility of, uh, of, you know, engaging on the brand by the people that they're marketing to. And, you know, these boycotts and these, uh, these negative out, outrage, uh, you know, types of reactions, you know, the Kid Rock shooting up the, the cases of Bud Light and that sort of thing. It's only going to in, engage that, uh, the market segment even more. Uh, and you know, and if we're talking about it, uh, then that's going to be more advertising for. We're talking about Bud Light right absolutely. now. When would we ever have been talking about Bud Light? A absolutely, absolutely. And, and and the other part about it, this whole you know go woke, go broke mantra is one that I think is is a false narrative because there's very few companies that I've seen where the, these boycotts have worked. I mean, we've talked about people burning Nike shoes in their backyard. Uh, we've talked about boycotts of Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A for various reasons too. You know, these are, are companies that are still being very successful in their engagement initiatives. And, you know, all the controversy around their, their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts are, or lack thereof in, in some cases, are contributing to the, the social conversation. And if you're talking about a product, then that's uh, that, that's advertising. People are going to want to know what it's all about and, and engage on that. And can I just add, I think we have to be very careful not to conflate authenticity with evolution. 
a brand can evolve. And the way Bud Light is showing that it's authentic here is first, they took action. They didn't just say we support trans rights. They went out and put someone's face on a can as a gift to her to commemorate a milestone in her journey. Um, and I think that's important. And now standing strong in the face of this criticism, that to me is what demonstrates their authenticity. If they wavered, it all comes undone. And and to be clear, it was a can. It wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't a new line of labels that are coming out nationwide, correct? That's right. That's right. Kind of makes it even crazier. And, and we've seen other, other brands do the same thing. And, you know, again, the, the, the backlash has been, you know, very little. I mean, it, it becomes a benefit for Bud Light to do this. I, I do think that there should be some communications from Bud Light to help shore up their existing audience so that they can, you know, come back and, you know, you know, and, and be all part of one big happy Bud Light family. But that's going to take some time. Uh, I think that there's uh, some, some anger out there that needs to, to calm down. But I think a lot of this will uh, will blow over and there'll be another controversy to, to come in. And, uh, you know, the Bud Light drinkers will will come back to their brands. And, you know, hopefully, you know, for, for Bud Light, they'll be able to have a, a new segment to uh, to market to and, and a new customer base as well. And that is an interesting point you just made. Ten years ago, uh, something like this, well, A, might have never even got out because nobody would have had social media to see the can in the first place. But B, if it did, we would have lingered on it for for a week. Now, the next story is going to break and we're all going to start ordering Bud Light again. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the you know, time will tell. You know, you mentioned the, uh, the loss of market cap that they had. I mean, those are statistics that could be, you know, discussed one way or the other. I mean, in terms of, you know, how this is going to impact sales, I mean, that's going to be something that we won't know about for, for several months. Uh, you know, what is only thing out there right now is anecdotal evidence. And so we'll, we'll see what, what happens. But uh, I, I could see that this was a calculated move by Bud Light to engage a new market segment. Um, I think that they may have misjudged the anger and outrage from the other side, but uh, they're, they're taking it all the way to the bank. And we'll, we'll find out, uh, you know, whether it's uh, go woke uh, and get broke or go woke and maybe get rich. So my last question, Shannon, does every brand out there and anyone who's listening, do they have to put a plan together to figure out what values they are going to stand for and try to figure out a way to incorporate that? into their brand strategy? I think they absolutely should take the time while it's a little bit quiet to think ahead and think about what are the conditions under which we would react? What are the values that, as you pointed out, Tom, makes sense for their brand to take a stand on and to proactively engage with? Because the last thing you want to do is be forced into that position when you haven't thought about it ahead of time. And in some ways, this is an expansion of a crisis plan, because we're not talking about necessarily a crisis that would happen within their doors, but how they would react to a societal crisis or, or just any kind of news and which ones they will react to and which ones they will not. Exactly. Because now we see more and more that it's not enough to stay silent. Your audiences will actually call you out. And so that's okay if you want to say, this is not my position or my issue that I'm going to take a position on, but you need to decide that ahead of time. Yeah. Like all good crisis. Yeah, Shannon, yeah, that's, that's that's exactly right. I mean, you know, the the outrage that we're seeing from the Kid Rock and the Travis Tritts of the world that are out there, you know, making all this noise currently, you know, it's the it, the same impact as, as yelling at a referee during a sporting event. We're not going to influence Bud Light's call through that outrage. 
But the next brand that makes that decision, they're going to think twice and they're, they're going to plan a little bit better in terms of how they can maintain their current audience and, and figure out how things are going there. So we're not influencing the call that Bud Light has already made, but they may influence the calls that the next brands are going to make in terms of you know what they're looking out for, what they're planning for, and maybe have that crisis communications plan ready to go. So that way, when they start to have that backlash or that outrage from various audience segments that they're prepared to communicate with that and, you know, talk about the, the shareholder value that they're building to talk about the market expansion and talk about all the things that they're trying to do. And frankly, have that value conversation that so many brands are, are out there wanting to have and so many consumers want, want them to have. As the young generation asks hard questions of its corporate providers, brands will have to answer in a way that goes well beyond just telling. In this instance, Bud Light found a way to actualize its desired brand identity, articulating values through action. And all that noise from its detractors, that's just music to its true targets. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Please subscribe to Into Focus on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us your take on Instagram at kglobal.com. That's kglobal, D-O-T-C-O-M. And if you like the show, leave us a rating on Apple. Into Focus is brought to you by the good people at K-Global. Unlike traditional marketing agencies that look at consulting, creative, and communications as distinct, K-Global exists at the intersection of all three. The fusion of strategy and creative fuels unexpected solutions and better outcomes. The result is impact on your audience in a new market or over a policy. Learn more at kglobal.com. And until next week, I'm Tom Frank, and thanks for listening. Hey.